3: coach jen in ocala florida and you're listening to horses in the morning on the horse radio network for july 18th 2022 episode 2975 brought to you today by the world equestrian center
1: i have good news and bad news for you on this monday morning first the bad it's monday but the good news is really good jamie and glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun welcome to horses in the morning
3: hey everybody, no, Glenn and Jan, Glenn and Jamie are not here. They're out and about gathering intel. But I am here, and today I thought I'd put together a little mashup of equestrian disciplines you may never have heard of, and you should. They are side-splittingly funny. They are crazy cool, maybe a little dangerous. They are unique and fun, and that some of them are even ways to, uh, have a little fun in the wintertime with your horse. Yes, we're going to start out with a classic from way back in 2010, featuring Julie Borbeau and Marie Nadu from Canada, and they're going to introduce us to Horseball. And next up, in 2019, Auditor Mary Schmidt stopped by to talk about ski joring that she tried. And after the song, we're going to have a little break from Dan- from Jared Rogerson. Daniel Weingod stops by, and this is from 2020, and he's going to talk about burrow racing and wilderness packing. And... Following in the theme of non-horse sports, Vicki Sundberg of the Southern States Llama Association is going to tell us why she loves driving llamas. Stay tuned for the fray, folks.
0: Let me start this next segment as the guests were bringing up next with, with, by telling you, telling you something about what happened last year. We were doing the Stable Scoop Show, Helena and I, and I came across a video of something called horse Hall. And I just <laughs> thought it was the wildest thing ever, and we'll put a video in our show notes today of horseball, and we have some pictures too. And we had we had these two lovely ladies on from from uh, Canada. They're both uh, French Canadians up there, Julie Barbeau and Marie Nadeau. And they'll correct me if I said that wrong, and I apologize. But it was ironic when I was at the World Equestrian Games, they had all these exhibitions going on. And in the newspaper one morning during the World Equestrian Games here in the local Lexington paper, I saw this article about the exhibition for Horseball. And I went, oh, Mm -hmm. we did a show on that. And I'll be darned if they didn't mention Julie and Brie's name in the newspaper. So the next day I went went trotting down there and I found them. We had a great time. We chatted. I got to watch a game of Horseball. And then, uh, much to my wife's surprise for Jennifer, I came home one night and I said, Jennifer, I invited the whole horseball team over for dinner during the World Equestrian Games.
4: Oh, no, And not.
0: Yeah, yeah, that didn't, you know, that doesn't always go over so well. But she's so good at sports. She said, oh, that sounds like fun. I'm not cooking. So, so we, <laughs> we ordered Chinese. I, I'm
5: listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we ordered a lot of Chinese and we had them over. Uh, all 15 of them, and Julie and Marie were part of that. The reason I want to talk to them today is I am an advocate of horseball. I absolutely love it. I got to watch two matches, two games, and got to announce for half a game, too. That was kind of fun. But we have them on the line now. This is Julie Barbeau and Marie Nadeau. Did I say those right, guys?
4: Your French accent
0: is perfect. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I have to yeah, apologize.
5: Right. I have a big cold, so my, my voice is a bit uh, rocky this morning. And that's Marie, but, uh, right? No, that's Julie. <laughs> oh, Julie, you have the cold. <laughs> yeah. Well, the cold I'm is totally... almost gone, but it's this is just uh, the afterwards. Of, uh, my voice is not too good. <laughs> Even... So
4: I'll be Jamie. the one having the sexy voice today then. <laughs> <laughs> What's up to me, more? Sounds good. Let's, well, you guys. Let me
0: um, introduce I, you separately. Um, yeah, go Julie, ahead,
4: Julie.
0: Julie, you have how long have you been playing horseball?
5: I started playing horseball in uh, 2004, actually, when it was just, I'm with, with some friends, including Marie, we introduced it in, uh, in Quebec, because it was already a big, big sport in uh, Europe. And it's a friend of mine who um, saw it on, on the internet, and she said, listen, we've got to try that. And that's how we all started.
0: And that was in 2004. Yep. Okay. And then, Marie, you've been playing for how long? You started at the same time?
6: Yeah, same thing. Well, Julie started uh, like uh, two months uh, before me. And uh, I was uh, with a small child that was not even uh, one year old. So, uh, anyways, I decided to go back uh, on my uh, horse. Well, a borrowed horse because I didn't have a a horse at that time. And then Julie said, you got to come and this and that. So, finally, I started like 2004 also. (laughs) Well, you you
0: guys, uh, let's start by... uh I, I, you know how excited I am about horseball. You know how yeah, I sure. <laughs> yeah. So I'm the biggest advocate here in the United States, and I'm, uh, we're doing this this morning, and I keep doing it, hoping that somebody will pick this up and run with it in the United States because this sport is made for Americans. It has action. It has a little bit of violence. You guys, you guys are nuts. And, it, you know, it, yet it's safe for the horses. It has balls. It has nets. It has everything Americans like. So and hot chicks bit also. Of- <laughs> and that's true. My wife is listening, so I couldn't say that. Um, it- so tell-, and tell us the history of horseball. How-, how did it start? Well, well go-, um, go ahead, Maggie.
6: Okay, so uh, horseball was uh, invented in France about 30, 35 years ago, and it comes from two sports that are very old, which is Bushkazi in Afghanistan, where they used to play with a dead goat. Uh, So it's a uh, sport where uh, it was in the desert with those racehorses and they were fighting for a dead goat. And you also have the pato in Argentina. Uh, Pato means duck in um, Portuguese. So they were playing uh, Spanish, I'm sorry. Uh, And uh, they were playing with a dead duck. Uh, in the beginning and then it began like a leather pouch and it it ended up being pato so horseball is a mix of pato and bushcasi and then um they uh they um Wrote down some rules and started playing in France and now they have over 8,000 players in France and they have uh, championships and world championships and, Europe and European uh, championships uh, which means that the sport is really healthy over there and, and the good thing about it is that you can get uh, young riders uh, to uh, play the game. You forget you're on your horse, you just concentrate on the ball and you can have Twelve person in the same arena playing all together, having fun. So it's really uh, good for barns and stables that want to uh, um, have uh, young people playing all together. And becomes a team sport. And then you have a relation with your horse, relation with your teammates, and everything. So that's 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 great because in, in riding you don't see that often to play as teams. You know, it's an individual uh, sport generally. I have a comment. Yeah,
4: because. I, For those of us who have ridden in an arena with anybody else, you know how distracting it is to to be at an arena and to have just one other horse in there. And it's like you almost wreck. Now, you're talking 12 horses yeah, in one arena. Yeah, I know. And that's the great it's amazing because
6: uh, time wise and money wise for a barn owner, it's great because for two hours you have 12 people, they're all happy, and after the, the arena, it's free for all the Versace people that want to ride on their <laughs> own, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. in a way, well, our arena is 80 by 200, so it's, it's not small, but uh, we have rules. So, uh, like the right hand side has priority on the circle and, and just like the rules, but at one point the horses know uh, what to do, and riders know what to do, and we, uh, we uh, make sure that uh, we all go in the same way whenever it gets uh, cranky and very fast, and we have all those rules in horseball where the horse, uh, the, the ball holder leads the way, and uh, we, have, uh, we can't approach horses that are, that are um, with the rider picking up the ball, and we have lots of rules that make it safe in the way, and that allows us to be a lot uh, in, the, in the arena. Mm-hmm. That's, that That's was really- my
5: comment, actually, because um, when the French uh, adapted Pato and, and Bushkazi, one of their main concern was safety. So all the rules in all in horseball are um, are made in a way that the horses are protected and it's always secure, and that the riders are protected and always secure. So which means that as soon as there is a situation where Either the horse or the rider has been put in in not danger because it's not danger or has been has been put in a situation that could have been dangerous. A penalty is called, so that's um, that's one of the main things. The other thing is of course, you can be twelve fifteen people in the same arena playing a horse ball, but it does not happen. Like that over one day, you know, it's not as if you can put 12 new horses together in the arena and start playing horseball. There's a whole process, um, with the horses to, um, get them used to the ball and to get them used to the other horses being very, very close to them. But surprisingly, um, Although it's not made like that just by the click of the finger, it it goes quite fast. And some horses actually never mind about the ball or um, proximity of the other horses. Some horses are a little bit more fussy. And sometimes it's the riders that are a little bit scared because, like you said, it's... it's, we're not used to that. We're, we uh, we usually we ride with one or two other horses in the arena, and mm-hmm. we're always concerned about the other riders. But in the horseball, um, it's uh, it's something that comes really uh, actually gets um, we get used to it very fast. Now let me yeah, point
4: now, we're out gonna... here too yeah. that horseball. I i would never seen it until this morning until I looked online, and when I heard horseball, I was thinking like. Horse soccer or something, I don't know, like giant balls, but it's like it's, this is a combination of polo with all the horses running around, rugby because the riders are really aggressive, and basketball because there's nets at either end of the arena. And they're passing like, like a basketball-sized ball back and forth and back and forth trying to score on their opponent's goal. Am I kind of correct there?
5: You're correct. Yeah. The ball is okay. actually a soccer ball. It's, oh, it's okay. a regular, normal, you know, uh, soccer ball number that four. anybody can, can, can buy in any sports store or whatever. It's, it's a number four size because there are sizes in soccer balls. So it's a number four size. And the, the difference is that we have harnesses that um, go over the ball. And the harness has six handles. And the handles are actually used. The purpose of the handles are, are mainly for um, picking up the ball when it's on the ground. Because two of um, horseball main equipments that makes a difference from different from another sport is the ball, well the harness on the ball, and what we call the picking strap, which um, ties the stirrups together. So one stirrup is tied. The picking the pickup strap goes under the belly under the horse's belly, and goes and attaches itself to the other stirrup, which m- makes, um, it gives the security to the rider when we bend over on the side of the horse. We use uh, the pickup strap not to fall over, not to go. <laughs> right,
0: uh, on- that balance. Yeah, yeah. so it, what, it's... What- Let's tell everybody you guys are hanging out of the saddle. I mean, you're all the way off the side of the saddle, and we'll put some pictures of that in our show notes that, I, that we took when we were there with you guys. Yep. It was, it's incredible. You're, you're not, first of all, you're not steering the horse at that point. The horses are moving at that point. It's not like they're standing still, and you guys are hanging half off the horse, almost on the ground, picking up the ball. It's incredible. <laughs>
6: yeah, but the pickup strap the pickup strap makes it all. And then uh, you get uh, really uh, used to it. And then, after when you do dressage for your horse and you don't wear that pickup strap, you're all mixed and your legs are moving. <laughs> Disoriented, <and terrible>. yeah. <laughs> so, you get used, used to it to very it. fast. Yes, yes, we get used you know, to it. And next, sorry, Mary, go. Yeah, so we yeah, we get used to it. But I was gonna say that the nicest thing about horseball is that you, you never ride alone anymore. You just I hang out with friends and call for a practice, and then you get to the barn, everybody's there. There's like a, a beer bottles in the snowbank, and then you ride <laughs> and have fun, you know? It's no They're more going like going baby. riding in the cold alone. You're just with a bunch of friends, so we ride more often in the winter because even though we freeze, we have fun, and we bring uh, lunch. and. We, uh, we, we chat, and the nicest thing about horseball is strategy. If you want to have a nice game, you have to practice, and we practice strategy. So we have a, a, a marker on a board. Yeah a marker on a board and we like uh, draw some strategies and we practice them on the horse on the ground. We run on the ground and make the passes before we ride our horse. Then we introduce the horse to the strategy. And in the end, our horses knows the the strategy. So when I do this type of strategy, my horse knows. So he just runs super fast to the other horse and makes the pass and stuff. So they play with us. And when we catch the ball, the horse will just leave at full speed and he knows where to go. And it's, it's, it's it's perfect. It's a great great game for that.
5: But now we're talking about uh, more advanced uh, more advanced players. But what's um, great about horseball is that it can be played by kids that are six years old on little ponies. It can be played by teenagers, boys or girls, and it can be played by older riders that are just looking to do something else. It doesn't have to be fast. It doesn't have to be aggressive it's just a way to um to it's a different way to to ride a horse it it's it's, it's a different discipline than jumping or dressage or um, or uh, cross country uh, eventing it's just another discipline and it's it's a sport that can be practiced by anybody at any age with any type of horse and that's what makes it so special actually
0: um, well, it doesn't have to be two, fast, of the of the things, we'll get There are a, a couple things that really impressed me when I was there watching you guys. Um, one of the things is you guys are such good friends. There were about fifteen of you there, and you formed two teams and you played against each other. And each day you mixed that up, and you're, you're all good friends, obviously. And we had a great time having you over, but the, because that changes when the whistle blows. Uh, <laughs> there is <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh,
4: <laughs> and that's, that's another.
0: That's another
5: special uh, thing about horseball. And it's like that also in the European countries, um, for having been there a few times on on, uh, clinics and uh, practices. Um, off Off the field, off the pitch, everybody's friendly. Everybody likes each other. It's a very festive crowd. But when the whistle blows on the pitch, it's... Your team, my team, and yeah. we, obviously it takes people that um are a little bit competitive to play uh, a game like that because um everybody wants to win, and um I don't think we're violent, I think we might be aggressive um <laughs> very concentrated <laughs> and persuasive, but we're not violent because then we'd we'd, we'd have penalties and we'd be <laughs> pitch off the the game but um no, it's it's, it's a very a festive crowd
0: that is attracted to a horse ball usually, yes.
5: Well, it guys, and it's
0: been great having you on again. We appreciate you being here. Give your website out.
5: Uh, www.horseballinoneword.qc.ca
0: and that's out of Canada, of course. And you guys are from up in the Quebec area, and we are yes. so looking forward to coming up and visiting you sometime. And oh, uh, Jennifer is yeah. looking forward to getting on and uh, playing some horseball. Well, <laughs> you guys are uh, welcome. Yeah. And we
5: are available for uh, to give out clinics. We are available to help out. We are available if people want to come and try it here. Uh, we're very convivial. You can come and we'll find a place for you guys to live and uh, we'll uh, (laughs) rent you some horses and we'll do some horseball and have fun.
0: Well, great. Well, thanks again guys. It was so nice to talk to you again and Julie, you take care of your cold and as I said uh, you know, if anybody's interested in horseball and wants to get something started here in the United States, just contact us through our website at horsesinthemorning.com and I'll put you in touch with our good friends up in Canada. Thank you guys. We'll oh, talk Thank to you, you soon. so
5: much. Thank you very much. And, um, well, hope to talk to you soon.
3: The largest equestrian complex in the United States, the World Equestrian Center Ocala, brings the ultimate horse show experience to exhibitors and vendors, combining quality facilities with exceptional service. The World Equestrian Center Ocala hosts a wide variety of equestrian events in Ocala, Florida. The over 300-acre facility boasts 15 outdoor rings as well as five climate-controlled indoor arenas, ensuring ample space for competition and refuge from inclement weather. Spectators and exhibitors alike will enjoy the host of on-site accommodations and amazing dining options available during the show season. Our family-friendly atmosphere ensures something fun for everyone. Bring the whole family and learn more about equestrian sports. We have events happening nearly every week of the year. Check out our calendar of events for details, www.worldequestriancenter.com. All
0: right, we're going to have, I told Jennifer that, uh, what, what you know, after this week, doing all the coverage of the doom and gloom, that we should have a guest on that's just has something funny does with a horse. Or
7: can I side note real quick? Yeah. Why am I getting emails from
0: Riverwind Casino in Norman, Oklahoma?
7: Have you ever been there? How do? did I get on that list?
0: I don't know. <laughs> How
7: do they find
0: me? But with that, right now we're going to New Mexico. We're going to get a Daniel who is with New Mexico Pack Burrows, and he's going to come on and tell us about Pack Burrow racing, which uh, it sounds fun, thing. and also wilderness packing. So. Gonna get Daniel on here. Yes, sir. How and, are um, you? This is Glenn and Jamie.
2: One wonderful. It's uh racing is probably one of the one of the neatest sports. Uh, most folks have never heard about.
0: Right, exactly. So I remember we covered years ago on the show. We covered they do this in Colorado too, don't they?
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, it originated in Colorado. I think it's their official what they call summer heritage. I believe. Um, there's about, uh, a dozen races in Colorado and it's expanding out to other states now, um, where there's a couple of, a couple of races in, uh, Southern California, um, a few in Arizona. And then I'm here, um, out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we've actually got two races planned this year in the state.
0: Tell us what burrow racing is. By the way, I looked at the pictures and kind of read up on it and I determined that you you as a person really have to be in shape and that's where I bowed out um cuz um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah, so so what it is is um uh it's it's like an in hand trail event except you're you're kind of you're running. Uh, running, walking, hiking, all the above um generally happen during a race. Um so Kind of the premise, the, the little bit of the history behind it of how it, the legend goes of how it all got started was um, in Colorado, you had a couple of miners, um, you know, strike gold up on the hill. They had to run back to the bank to uh, strike their claim. And then, you know, thus became borough racing because I guess they were running with the boroughs or, or something. But um, in, in reality, it started in the 1950s, um, probably as uh, a little bit of a, of a novelty to pull people into these small mining towns. Um, since they weren't doing super well, you know, mid 19th century or mid to 20th century. And, um, since then it's just evolved and grown into essentially when the race starts, you start, usually start on main street. Um, there's a couple of thousand spectators, depending on which, which little town this is in, um, the one in fair play, which we call our world championship, um, huh. packable race, you know, brings in excess of 10 to 15,000 people, um, to wow. so this little, <laughs> little, little mountain town. Yeah. Um, So, so gun goes off. You've got anywhere from 50 to 80 person borough teams taking off down main street. And it's just as chaotic as it sounds. You all take off running down the street, um, and then go to go and run a course anywhere from, uh, five, six miles all the way up to uh straight ultra marathon, 29 miles, um, in Leadville, uh, with the, you know, several thousand feet of gain, or at least three to 4,000 feet of, of climbing. So, um, it's about as intense as you ever want to make it or it's as laid back. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, we're running with burrows and, um, How do the burrows feel about
0: fun. this, uh, Daniel? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, it depends on the day, honestly. Um, <laughs> some days you have really good, I mean, just like any sort of horse show, it's all dependent on the animal. Um, sometimes they absolutely love it. I've had great races where, um, you're just, you're literally hauling, hauling butt the entire time i've had other races where i've walked the entire six miles because it's just not going to happen that day (laughs) um you know it's a it's a pretty cool culture um you know there's there's every sorts of body type running style whoever at these races um some folks walk and hike the whole thing um some folks there's there's some you know amateur um ultra runners there um that you don't know, run these full 28 29 mile horses um dragging, so a, burrow. It's really, <laughs> yeah, dragging a burrow yeah some, sometimes you do end up with some it feels like dragging a tractor tire up a hill so <laughs> do they ever drag you up the hill yeah on a good day uh last year so one of the big races the the big, one of the big weekends in pack racing is Memorial day weekend in Idaho Springs in Georgetown, Colorado. They have back-to-back races on Saturday and then Sunday, uh, or a race on Saturday and then a race on Sunday. And last year, uh, the first race in Georgetown, Colorado, um, my borough actually pulled me up probably an 800, 900 foot climb. Um, pretty much the whole way I, I threw the, threw the lead rope around my waist and you know, that helps a lot. If you're, if you can run behind your burrow um, and get them to pull you, that's 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 the way to go.
7: Heck yeah, man! <laughs> yeah, I have a question. Okay, uh, sure. number one, where do these burrows come from?
2: Yeah, so um, a couple of different options. If this is something you know so, somebody's listening here and goes, you know, this is something I want to try, um, you can run your own burrow. So you know, you can go down multiple different avenues to get your own donkey. Um, or there's a few outfits there, um, uh, west and south of Denver that actually, um, have a 10, 15 donkeys that they rent out for the day. So you can contact some of those outfits and, uh, you know, rent your burrow for the day. A lot of times they do training runs, so you can kind of get to know and kind of develop a little bit of a relationship with your burrow. Cause that's pretty important. Um, and so you can either rent or, you know, BYOB
7: bring your own <laughs> bring your um so uh, how, how what what percentage of people ride these guys
2: for this race so that's the so that's that's one thing is there's no riding allowed so it's strictly you know in hand um running with your animal you can't you can't ride so there's Lost there's, 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 me. Some, there's some I'm out. Oh, Jamie's out. I'm out.
0: <laughs> I'm out.
7: <laughs> I was totally in it, until you said I have to actually run my No, you have but... to like
0: run a marathon <laughs> With a burro, it's like this now. Awesome, I yeah. see on the pictures they they have little, I don't know, packs or something on. What's it? Is it? Are they required to wear a pack of some sort or not?
2: Yeah, so it depends on. Kind of depends on the state. You know, the most uh, uh, Colorado is really where it started. You know, as a pack burro uh, racing sport. So in Colorado, the rules are. You know, you can't ride. Um you gotta have a pack saddle and then you gotta have a pan, a pick, and a shovel, which is kind of a well, throwback yeah. to the you know uh, yeah, an homage to the to the miners and Do stuff. Do you have to fill your bags pounds.
0: with gold too?
2: You don't, but that would be a great prize if you wanted to <laughs> offer it. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: so,
2: um, Where can
0: I find so, pictures of this adventure or video? It's on nmpackburrows.com. It's like New dot com.
7: And I've already got yep. a message from a listener who said that they want to see a picture of Daniel because he sounds really hot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wonderful. I'll take that. So, <laughs> um. I actually just got married last week, so sorry. Uh, oh,
8: congratulations!
7: <laughs> it doesn't mean nobody gets to look at you, okay? <laughs> sorry.
0: And yeah. he said that because she's listening right now. Uh, did you have a Did you have a horse in the wedding? By the way, did you do any a, a burrow something?
2: You yeah, know, we we didn't. We actually ran off and eloped, but uh, we actually do weddings with our with our or getting ready to do weddings with our burrow. Oh, really? As far as like. Yeah, yeah, beer burrow, tequila donkey. Um, yeah,
0: so which one is coming in on the ass? Is it the bride or the groom?
2: (laughs) Sorry, what was that?
7: Don't answer that question, just move past it. Just move past it. I'll just pretend like I didn't hear it. Yeah, you totally uh, didn't hear.
2: Sorry, you're breaking up. Sorry, puns puns are totally welcome. I mean, we're we're running burrows, so I mean, like the uh. There's, there's prizes for, you know, what they call last ass over the past. Um, there's always <laughs> a prize for the last borough. Um, there's, the, the the association that kind of governs a lot of this is called the Western Pack Borough Ass Association. Um, so we welcome any sort of puns. I bet you
0: hear them all day long. And every article that's written about it has to have the word ass in it somewhere.
2: It's just... 100%. It's required.
7: YOB. <laughs> I love
0: it. <laughs> So yeah. is this growing It must be growing in popularity. It's in more states now
2: It is actually we're hitting we're hitting record numbers at some of these races, and uh some of the the races are i would love i, I think this year we're going to see a race cap out at a hundred teams so it's it's spectacular, even if you're not interested in in running yourself, going to one of these races and and seeing them is i mean where else are you can get a hundred a hundred donkeys and a hundred people you know lined out. It's, it's pretty, pretty darn cool.
0: Daniel, I think it's the only so way great. we're doing it is if we can get about 20 of our listeners and we can each, or maybe 23 of our listeners, and we each do a mile Can we do a relay race like that? We might make it then. (laughs) The Horse Radio Network team, 23 people.
7: I love this, though. This is a great idea. And you know what this does is it gives a lot. You know, there's so many burrows coming off the range that are kept in, you know, unfortunately holding pens like the Mustangs. And this gives a purpose and a job to those burrows. So thank you for doing that. And congratulations. And best of luck. I think this is very cool and very exciting. Congratulations on getting married and starting the— lived in arizona and the donkey the beer burrow business is booming so go for (laughs) it yeah
2: it it, it definitely gives them a job and and it's it's really cool to see how people you know you can go sign up for a 10k and run down you know downtown of wherever you live but this is like a full-on wonderful experience um you know getting to interact and involve the animals it's something i never would have thought i would have got involved in um you know for, fortunately unfortunately i married a horse girl and then um you yeah. know it was all downhill from there it's, it's all, all uphill
0: you we know watch about that mouth. daniel we know, you, i should have talked to you two years ago you could have you could have avoided all of this uh, <laughs>
7: Congratulations <laughs> for joining the greatest club of all time. Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: you're welcome. <laughs> the Horse <husband laughs> Club. Well, Daniel, this has been fun. Thank you so. Y- we needed you today after all this coverage this week of uh, you know we're all going to die. Uh, we needed a little burrow humor. I was going to say ass Wonderful. humor, but that didn't sound like it was going to We need
7: a little ass way. humor. Come
0: on. <laughs> so, Daniel, thanks a bunch. Where can people find information and find about you guys and maybe come to a race?
2: Absolutely. So uh, if, if you want to check out the race schedule, it's uh, you can just Google Western Borough Association. Um, the 2020 schedule is up there. Um, and then my unit here out of New Mexico is uh, NM, as in com, and then NM Pack Burrows across Facebook and Instagram. So if you got any questions, feel free to holler, and I've got some cool videos and pictures up on our website.
0: And we'll post some of those pictures in our show notes as well, So and, and all the little links. You'll find them there at com. Thanks, Daniel. And hang in there, and uh, g- good, good luck in New Mexico.
1: On to this brand new ranch. It was owned by a bunch of fancy pants, but they did have several high-dollar trucks and trailers. Well, there was barns and pens. It was under construction, and I was informed by phone I'd received my instruction in a video arriving in a padded mailer. It said sort the cows in pen 11 then bring us a tag so we can scan them. and I didn't have a clue, but I took a sack full of them to headquarters there was a lady at a computer typing in numbers and the more she typed the more I felt dumber and she said yep 501's too old gotta go back and sort her (laughs) I replied I ain't no cowhand cowhand.com I don't know where I just landed scroll me back to where I'm from cause I don't need no printout telling me that it's time to wean never seen a cow." Pulled by a machine, and this information highway keeps my pony sore and lean. I ain't no cow Well my security pass slash photo ID opened the gate and picked out a horse for me and you punch in a code and it start an automatic feeder. Of course, you still had to step over what them cows was downloading, and you did a hair analysis with a digital modem, and put a cow up on the screen, it'd tell you which bull's going to breed her. Well, then they give me this laptop from my saddlebags, and it got dusty out riding dragon. I knew the boss was going to have my hide. Well, they said just boot it up, open the windows, something about a mouse and a bunch of menus, so I hauled off and kicked it. I kept the windows closed cause it was freezing outside I ain't no cowhand, cowhand.com I don't know where I just landed, scroll me back to where I'm from Cause I don't need no printout telling me which stall to clean Never seen a horse shot by a machine this information highway keeps my ponies soaring lean. I ain't no cowhand dot com. Well, then they start talking downsizing and linking up. I told them I was heading for the tall and the uncut. They could stick that Pentium right in their AOL. There's fax and emails and hazing the web And they even had a megabyte ram That sounds inbred I reckon those people wouldn't know the difference Between a hard drive and a paper trail I ain't no cowhand Cowhand.com Don't need no information Highway to get back to where I'm from And I don't need no printout telling me Which colt is green Never seen a bronc Broke by a machine. Besides, this little cell phone just don't fit good in my jeans. I ain't no Cowhand. I ain't no HTTP colon backslash backslash and all one word, all little letters. www. Cowhand. com. Yep, that's what you get when you try to cross one of them computers with a cowboy.
7: Well, we've got a listener on who is near and dear to my heart. She has been uh, I remember when I went up to Wyoming and I was training that Frisian for the, those people, she came out and helped me and she was great. And her name is Mary. Mary Schmidt and Girl, how are you holding up with the weather? What's it like right now in Wyoming? Oh, my God. Well,
9: um, we have we have a ton of snow, as everybody has seen from my posts, and it was like minus 15 and a half. Don't forget the half this morning. Ugh. Um, now it's only minus 13, so it's warming up, but it, it's so beautifully sunny when it's cold like this that. But yesterday I was driving and it was minus four and the road was wet. And I'm like, how does that happen? (laughs) How do you get a wet road at minus four? But because the sun is so beautiful and intense, it, I guess, you know, gives us a solar effect. So
7: I'm holding up. (laughs) Whatever, girl, I don't know. Just move. At least spend the summers there. The winters there are horrible. But you're in Jackson Hole, and it is the most beautiful. I said that Key West was one of my favorite places. Jackson Hole is my favorite place on the planet, and um, I'm looking forward to hopefully coming back again in May. But let's talk about what you did yesterday.
9: Um, this was actually last month, the um, ski drawing that I got to watch and details, details, whatever. uh, Yeah, right. It was so much fun though. Um, okay. Secretariat, these horses are not, but (laughs) they are, um, shaggy winter horses that people pull out of winter pasture. Um, a lot of cowboys and cowgirls do this. And what they do is they ride the horse with a skier on a rope behind them. And there's actually competitive versions of this where people go all over the Rocky Mountain West and earn points doing this and some big prize at the end. But um, so you get skiers and horseback riders combined and they run down a course and the course can have some obstacles. Um, This particular course, the, the rider and horse would take off, pull the skier and the skier would have to go to the right over a jump put his arm through two rings and then change hands with the rope and put go to the left and grab two more rings off another jump that's to the left of the horse, and then they cross a finish line. And so it's whoever grabs the most rings and crosses the finish line fastest that wins.
7: So it's, it's a horse. Hilarious. It is hilarious. It's a horse and there's a skier that is tied somehow to the horse and they gallop. And that's what gives you the momentum to travel forward. So these, these horses, let's talk about the horses first. You say they're really wooly and out of shape horses coming out of the field. How is this safe for the horses? How do they not get overheated or, you know, cold because of sweat or hurt because they're kind of out of shape, tubby horses that came in out of a field?
8: Well,
9: first of all, they're usually pretty good ranch horses that do this. Um, There are some people that do this competitively, so they do really actually keep their horses conditioned. And in any given race, you can have the people who do it competitively mixing with the people who just kind of show up from the neighborhood. Um, so there's different divisions just like any other, um, type of competition. There's, you know, some expert divisions and novice divisions and whatnot, but, um, you know, these horses are used to winter and it's held outside, so they're not getting too overheated, but the course is, oh, maybe a hundred yards, maybe 150 yards. Yeah. It's pretty short. It's It's a sprint,
0: right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
9: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, um, so quarter horses do really good at this and any horse that can kind of get going pretty fast. Um, The gal next to me, who's a vet who has off the track thoroughbred said, this would be a great job for an OTTB. And I just laughed uh, because it would be, Uh, but um, you know, so the, the prospect of them getting hurt is pretty slim. The track is groomed; um, they're well, they let's, let's, really close. Mary, let me stop you. The prospect
0: the of the of the horse getting hurt is pretty slim. If Jamie and I were holding on to that thing on skis, the prospect of us getting hurt would be really <laughs> great. Speak for yourself. I can ski. I, <laughs> I think this sounds awesome. <laughs>
9: I have to tell you the most exciting parts um, happened where the skier had just gone over the jump to the right and had to switch hands with the rope because they're holding onto the rope with one hand while they're trying to get the rings on their forearm. And, And the rings are held up by magnets on a little pole that's off on the side of the track. And so they're trying to stick their forearm through these rings while holding onto that rope. And then they have to switch hands because they... Ski over to the other side and try to get the rings. So yeah, that's where the most wipeouts occurred.
7: Just probably trying to stick the landing would be the tough part. <laughs> but then, okay, so you you say you you kill it, you go through and you grab the rings and you go to the other side, and you grab the rings and then you you're done. And uh, there a galloping horse kind of in front of you, like <laughs> you just run plumb into the back of it. How do you stop?
9: Well, you as the skier have complete control because you can drop the rope and do your hockey stop or your wedge or whatever. So where does the horse go? Did the horse just
7: slam on the brakes like in a barrel race?
9: There's a run out. They, they build a run out. So there's a finish line and then there's a run out. So the horse has a lot of space to slow down and stop. So So that, that seems like it was pretty well thought out by the organization. There's, there's a couple ski drawing organizations and they have rules and, you know, how to lay the track and how to make it safe for everybody. So, Um, you know, it's, it's fun because any, anybody can come out and try it with their horse, but there is a governing body that makes sure that there are safety measures in place. Was there a crowd?
0: Was there people there watching?
9: Yeah, there was. Um, and it was fun because I, I just started talking to people trying to figure out who, who did this, who came and, um, So basically the Friday night before you can, you can just walk in and sign up at this party they have at a restaurant. And I asked how the skiers got hooked up with the riders and some of them just got paired up um, by the organization that put it on and others knew each other. And this, this one gal that was riding her horse was cute. I said, how did you guys figure out, you know, hook, hook each other up to be the skier and the rider And the skier said, well, I'm on ski patrol, and my ski patrolling buddy shoes her horse. So that's how they got paired up to do this together. And there's money you can win. So a lot of skiers want money, and they think it's fun to try their skills behind a horse. So they uh, they
0: jump on board. Who is the picture, Jamie, that we have on our auditor page? Is that Lindsay?
7: Yes, that's Lindsay. So
0: our auditor main picture is ski drawing, and that's Lindsay. She's the one actually doing the skiing, if I remember right. I yeah.
7: think so, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it It looks like a lot of fun. It just looks like it. Now, you, being that you live in Jackson Hole, you must know how to ski, and you ride horses. So when are you going to give this a try?
9: Um, um, hashtag life goals. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see let's see where I am next January Friday night before the ski joring. Ah, <laughs> uh, gotcha. gotcha. So you yeah, so you've got to get Judge a little could Do a good job at the at the long trot. Like maybe we could do a long trot. Yeah, that's and not really gonna give or
7: you enough speed. speed.
9: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, he he can move at the long trot because he doesn't like to lope. <laughs> so he's got incentive to go fast at the trot
7: well mary i'm so glad you shared this with us and talked about it it sounds like it's really fun it looks really fun and um gosh i just i uh, miss jackson i'll be up there soon to see you
9: oh good i can't wait
0: thanks, mary. we'll
7: keep in touch thanks mary bye bye it's so cool. There's got to be a website for
0: it. Oh, yeah, tour. there is. It's I think it's skijoring.com. Um, we've had it on the show many times before, but it's I've seen more articles about it this year than ever before. I think it's growing around the world, for sure. Well,
7: there's just so much damp snow everywhere. Right.
0: That's right. you got to do something. You've
7: got to do something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not doing anything else. You're not doing dressage. Or you're not jumping much in, the, in 12 feet of snow, so you might as well ski do some ski skijoring. Who's it more fun for, the rider or the person skiing, though? It's got to be fun for both
7: either one has to be awesome get on the horse and gallop straight for 150 yards okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) over jumps though you got to remember that over jumps well you got to go try it and then report back okay jamie
3: the phd equine nutritionists at purina animal nutrition tackle problems using science and their love of horses keeps them at it until they get it right Even with the most established feeds, they keep innovating, even when it takes years of research. They don't stop until it's right. They are dedicated to the scientific method, but it can't capture the feeling of seeing a horse reach their full potential. It takes science and love to help your horses live their best life. Put their research to the test at horseinnovation.com. Well, our next guest is Vicki Sunberg
8: of the Southern States Llama Association, and she is a retired Air Force electrical engineer, and she must be an adrenaline junkie because now <laughs> she drives llamas. So welcome, Vicki. Welcome to our show. I'm so excited to hear about all your llamas. Well, thank you, Wendy. I am excited to be here. So thank you for inviting me. Well, um... I mean, let's start with the most obvious question. How did you st- get started driving llamas? Okay. So um, you
10: mentioned that I was part of the Air Force and yeah. I was out on the weekend and ran across a sheep herd um, dog competition and yeah. they had a llama there and I fell in love with the llama and um, I knew I couldn't possibly have it right then. So I had a chance to do some research and I heard about not only owning llamas, but driving llamas. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, wouldn't that be the coolest thing ever? Yes. <laughs> and um, then when I get old, instead of going into a wheelchair, I could have the llamas driving <laughs> me around. You know, I, yeah. you know, that would be just the, the cat's meow, right? right. And so um, before I ever retired, my stepdaughter called me up and she said, you can't believe what's out in front of my house. I said I have no idea, and she goes, "There is a llama pulling a cart, and it is right in front of my house." I said, oh, "Okay, my- what have you been drinking? <laughs> what have you been drinking?" You know. And so she goes, "No, really." So that's how it began. I we moved down to where the David's children are at. Yeah. And in Wilmington, North Carolina, and lo and behold, that's where this family was that owned a llama that they had taught to pull a cart. So you and tracked so her down and you made
8: her be your best friend. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
10: <laughs> <laughs> you will be my best friend no matter what. <laughs> and so um, it was. It was meant to be, right? And so I had that was 2002, and I got my first. Two llamas in 2003, and uh, one male, one female, and um, it's been a go ever since then. And um, my first boy, that very first boy, he was my first carting llama. So as time has gone by, I have now I think seven llamas that I've taken from not knowing anything about driving llama, pulling a cart. To different levels. Um, yeah.
0: God, I so, have so many questions. So, um. I know,
8: me too. <laughs>
10: Okay.
0: <laughs> you go, ahead, go okay. ahead. All right. So I got to ask you uh, how strong uh, is a llama? Is it as strong as a small pony or, or could you put less weight in the car? I'm watching videos right now and I'm very distracted because okay. it's me- mesmerizing <laughs> watching this.
10: So, <laughs> uh, so um, the answer is they are not draft animals. And um, as a matter of fact, even as pack animals, they can't uh, carry pound per pound as much as, say, other pack animals can. So, you know, we limit it to uh, about 10 pounds per every 100 pounds of animal. So, you know, the good news is that I have some fat animals, so they can carry (laughs) more weight. But... um, the cart itself is very balanced so Mm -hmm. that the majority is balanced. My weight is balanced over the wheels of the cart, not on the back of the llama. Yeah. And for that very reason, you don't ever ride a llama. And so that kind of segues into some of the challenges of driving a llama. So, uh, Mm um, So you you are have probably heard um some of the challenges with camels and their attitude. Yeah. And that <laughs> they spit. And um llamas are part of the camelid family. They can be ornery and they so so um the other part of it is that they aren't inclined to be close to you, so they have to be um, they, you really have to earn their trust. It's kind of like teaching a cat.
8: All right. I feel like llamas are like cats and alpacas are yep. more like dogs.
10: Nah, no. Goats are like dogs. Oh, goats, goats. are like dogs. <laughs> yeah. That's why like. alpacas are just llamas with no brains. <laughs> um,
0: and pass. Pass. all right please send your hate mail listeners. to Sorry. jennifer at <laughs> com. she'll handle all the hate mail from from that particular community do they what what but, do they walk trot canter or what do they do there i don't know what gates do they have
10: well let's just say in the competitions the judges will
8: ask you oh to wait a minute wait a minute, wait a
0: minute wait a minute wait a minute there's competitions there's so much to talk oh, about you here.
8: There's Mom, I only oh. got you the best here. Vicky's a champ. <laughs> I didn't even know there was competition.
0: This is so. So let's go back oh, to the absolutely. gates. Let's start with the gates. What, what gate do they have?
10: Well, um, they can do um, walk, they can do trot, and they can do run, and they can do stop. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the judges would ask me, with my particularly fat boy, to change pace and he would go from walking to stop and they never seem to consider that, you know, a change of pace, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that is the answer that I would give for that. But my current, my younger boy, and he is streamlined. He, um, he does do all three. He can go from just a walk to a trot to a full on gallop. And yeah. so so How those, fast uh, do they go it, when
8: you're going full out?
10: It depends on the llama. My <laughs> um, my my young one. When as yeah. soon as he was born, he wanted to run, and so he can move. The boy can move very yeah. very quickly. And uh, have you ever heard of pronking? No. <laughs> <Okay>. pronking <laughs> I can't wait to learn what it is. <laughs> okay, Pronking is magical. Okay. Pronking is where llamas take all four feet and bounce up off the ground and come back down, kind of like Rue in um, Little Storyline Winnie the Pooh.
8: Yeah, I was hoping that. Doing,
10: doing, doing. doing." And you can drive
8: that? You drive the cart with them? No.
10: (laughs) No. (laughs) You do not want to have that happen. But in their gates, they can do that. And so that is. Yeah, you know, just one of those things to be complete in your answer of how many gates do they have? Well, yeah. that's one of them, but we don't do that in karting, Much like the stopping is a carding challenge. I change a gate. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, it would be rocking. Yeah. You know, it'd really be rocking.
0: <laughs> now I'm, but, I'm, uh, I'm looking. You drive pairs as well. Um, I, I'm seeing pairs. I do. Are there fours and unicorns and all of that like there are in horses? Well, um, I am probably currently
10: the only person that I know of in the United States that team drives llamas. And um, as a matter of fact, the community of llama drivers is very, very small. No, right really? now in the entire... <laughs> yeah, in, <laughs> Imagine that. Um, here in the Southeast, there are currently um, probably... This coming up in the fall, we might have three people competing at and in the karting competition and um, in the entire southeast. In the entire southeast, for the past three years, there have only been two, and um, and well, there's three because I my other older boy, my fat boy. Yeah. He's. I leave him at home. <laughs>
8: uh,
10: yeah, I want to yeah, drive I a llama. I, I need something.
8: I need to. I know. I need to do this. Um, tell us a little bit about their harness. Like, do they wear? Do they have a bit in their mouth like horses? Ah, thank you for asking. This is another one of the challenges. No, llamas'
10: um, uh, halter and driving halter mm-hmm. is more like a hackmore in the horse world. There is no bit. Okay. And so you don't have that motivation for the llama to listen to you. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's just another one of the challenges of llama driving that, um, but the the easy, easy part is they're so smart. I mean, they are int- extremely intelligent. Mm-hmm. And once you get their trust, they are extremely loyal. So I'm going to tell you a little story about... My fat boy, Um, his name is Mooch, by the way. So I'm just going to call him Mooch. And um, at any rate, so I was at a parade, Christmas parade, one year. And Moochie Mm -hmm. doesn't like horses. He thinks they are extremely ugly and scary. (laughs) And so the parade being at night is always an element of challenge. And... So it was just my husband and I there. We were the only llamas that were going to be in the parade. And we uh, stage at elementary school before they call us down to entering into the parade. Mm -hmm. And they always put the horses there too. So Moochie was not happy about, oh, there's those horses again. (laughs) But they call us down separately from the horses. So we get called down to join the parade and we're waiting. And my husband gets out of the cart to go find the gal that brings us in. Mm -hmm. And so Moochie and I are just sitting there and it's right at the entrance to the parade start. And there's a crowd of people. And all of a sudden we see this horse careening out of control, running down the street towards us. And the crowd and the rider obviously has no control over the horse. Mm -hmm. Now there's another horse coming behind her, obviously to, you know, help out and rescue her. Right. And I feel through the reins, Moochie tensing up. And I said to Mooch, "Please don't kill me." (laughs) 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 And so, and so I said let's and I'm trying to keep my voice as calm as possible right (laughs) and Mochi let's turn and I as he's turning I can see his eyes bulging out of his head (laughs) and he pulled over to the side of the road and that horse came careening down passes the crowd parted for the horse to go through and they got stopped with enough people around that horse but Moochie protected me. He
8: oh, protected right. me.
10: He did not, you know, go go crazy. Yeah. And I know, and I know that otherwise, if it wasn't for the trust that I had built in him with him, that it would have been a bad situation, really bad situation yeah. for anybody, any kind of carting person, right?
8: Right. And, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, no that's, matter the that animal, happens. you know. Yeah, my, yeah, when I mean, yeah. when you're telling that story, I thought, oh, I know exactly how you feel when you're sitting in the carriage. And then you're like, don't kill me because <laughs> you're <laughs> Exactly. Stuck.
0: I think my pony yeah. would have killed and, me. So you did better. Yeah, you um, been <laughs> yeah I would have been dead.
8: <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and therefore,
10: that is, you know, the challenge of of carting because your feet are on the ground. Yeah. And and, you know, even in the horse world, you can ride on a horse. And you, but you have far more control there than you do when you're sitting in that carriage or cart mm-hmm. or wagon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so um, that's why I am a strong believer. As a matter of fact, Moochie did not want to bond with me and he is the most ground driven llama in the world. I ground drove him for three years before mm-hmm. I was comfortable enough that we had established that relationship and it paid off in the long run. And no. so while it's, it's impressive for people to say, Oh, I got jumped in the cart and my llama, my goat, my horse, my, you know, whatever took to the carriage driving just like that. But without that bond, yeah. there is not, it, it, will come back to bite you sooner or later. Yeah. And it can be devastating. It can be devastating. So do
8: you have to get, uh, there's llamas when they're <laughs> Do you have to get them when they're little babies um, to get them to bond with you or like well, you Mochi, win them over as a Yeah, Moochie
10: was three years old when I got him because we mm-hmm. wouldn't start. My intent from the get-go was to, he was going to be my driving mama, you know. Yeah. And um, so he I, he was three, but it did take me a long time to to feel that bond with him. And yeah. um, so I don't know. Um, I, I I the my current llama that is my competition that did so very well last year um, in the competitions in all aspects. He um, he was born on my farm, but <laughs> I still don't know that I have his trust because he's <laughs> a dingbat. I mean, he oh. is a flat out dingbat. He he is very smart. Yeah. But he finds him, he enjoys finding ways to amuse himself. And so there's always that challenge of oh, what's Trevi gonna do next when right. I'm in the cart? So, you know, <laughs> that's what like we like. have
8: to go. When's <laughs> <laughs> funny like that all the time and he's like 14 or 15 yeah i know i know like, exactly uh-huh. what that's
0: like so <laughs> so before we run out of time yeah. if somebody sure. wants to like wendy just said and wendy has she's like green acres down there in sarasota she's got everything um and Is there an alligator in your pond yet? Have you?
8: Yeah, I have an alligator. I've had an alligator the whole time. I knew, I knew
0: that. So, uh, so she even has alligators, although she isn't driving it yet. But give her time. Um, I might. might. But she said, (laughs) "I'm going to get a llama and drive a llama. I want to drive a llama. How do people go about if you if they want to learn how to do it? What do they do?
5: Okay,
10: um, you buy a book. Then you could. Um, And the book that I would recommend is uh, Llama Driving by Ron Shinnick. Ron is a Southern States person, and he is the father of cart driving in the Southeast. You can go on the ssla.org website, and we have under the events page right now, there are four articles that will get you started in llama cart driving. And um, the third, the next thing that I would say is before you ever get into llama cart driving, you better have patience. It is a very, and, and time and time. It is the most time consuming training that you could do with llama. And again, it's because, your health and welfare is based on yeah. how well you train that llama, And um, so, but we have we have a number of folks who were trying desperately to get
0: more competition right. and um, get people involved. Well, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. And by the way, the website and, again is uh, ss, like samsamla.org, ssla.org.
3: And that's a wrap, everybody. See you tomorrow for more Horses in the Morning.